Welcome to the One Within All to the Interverse podcast. I'm your fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants host, Chance, and I'm super ready to get into this verbal dance. If you're a connoisseur of conscious conversations like me, you might agree that some of the greatest shows are made of that special host-to-host magic. When two beings with a wide overlap of intentions and interests converge, we get to experience the unexpected nooks and crannies and off-topic tangents and anecdotes that make each twist of speech and turn of phrase a flow state between one, another, and the infinite self in each. And it's with this awareness of divine synchronicity that I boldly boldly march into this chat with the most honorable host of Rogue Ways without any specific plan of direction, fully confident that what we mine from our gardens of mind will be perfectly timed and extremely sublime. And I think all this spontaneous rhyming is surely a sign that we'll be mystically aligned. (laughs) And that badass individual I'll be speaking with today is known by the name of Lindsay Sharman, a tarot-toting wielder of potent imaginal energy. On her show, Rogue Ways, Lindsay explores many of the same topics we do here on Interverse, like analyzing the occult, finding empowerment through expanding our spiritual aperture, optimizing our physical health, and crushing the cabal by exposing conspiracy. So I highly encourage you to check her out if you haven't already. She's actually been on the show before, I should mention that. We did that crazy transhuman tarot series that was so much fun. This time we're going to talk about Lindsay stuff, uh, but she's available for tarot work and also for one-on-one guidance sessions. She's got an awesome community at rogue.locals.com, and she's written multiple books. So all around, she's a great role model for a guy like me, and I couldn't be more stoked to get this conversation going. Check the episode description for links to Lindsay's stuff and for the extended version of this chat on Patreon. You'd do a lot more good, in my opinion, swapping out your Netflix subscription for a Rogue Ways or an Interverse one. And I hope you're supporting the things you love and you want to see more of in the world. I think I speak for both of us when I say we appreciate all the help you awesome listeners provide, and we super freaking love you. (laughs) Now let's uh, do this thing and kick off our chat with the slayer of many demons and healer of even more hearts, the one and only Lindsay Sharman. Wow, that was the most epic and amazing introduction in the world. And my heart was like expanding with each like section of it. It was very well done. Thank you so much for that. Cool. I tuned into something. <laughs> I always like to try to like feel into the vibe of the guests before I go. And I thought without a specific topic in mind that I would just play on the fact that this is the magic that people like you and me are even here for. Like these True. conversations <laughs> light you up, right? Absolutely. I really love that. And you're absolutely, everything you said was spot on. And I, you know, ever since uh, we met randomly, you know, through a mutual friend, I think we found that we have way more in common than not. And that our shows are like, so they're very different, you know, like they're very, we have different flavors and different styles and, and, but like content and sort of like how we view the world is very, very similar. So it's so cool to find such a kindred spirit so close by. Yeah, so I want to kick off with the story of how you became the host of Rogue Ways. I mean, I've heard patches of it, pieces here and there from your appearances on other shows. So I'm sure like every time I'm asked this question, it's kind of like, okay, what am I going to grab out of that bag this time? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to yeah. get people familiar with kind of your background. And, you know, I just love the story of the rise. That's what I'm all about. That's kind of the most inspirational aspect of podcasting. Yeah. Well, there's a couple different aspects of it. Like you just said, you know, I don't know which, which you've kind of heard, but I'll, I'll tell the one that is coming to mind so far, which is, you know, I, um, 
I, for me at least, don't have and haven't had a whole lot of people in my life who are um, super awake or aware or even spiritual, but especially not with the conspiracy type stuff or the occult type stuff. They just have never had a lot of that in my life. And so, um, you know, I actually found the higher side chats, uh, which I think you and I are both big fans of. Greg is like the best, the best in the business. Um, He's why and, I pre-write an intro like that. Yes, One time exactly. I got accused both, of being a, a cheap Greg Carlwood knockoff. And I was like, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have the same people are like you. It's almost like the same as, as THC's intros. I'm like, that's who inspired me to do this because I love how it honors the guests so much right off the bat, you know, and I think that's the, that's the vibe you want to go into talking with someone with. So, especially since so many of our guests are people we look up to and that we love and, you know, we want to show them that. So I think it's just such a good style. And I love that we both uh, are inspired and I hope that Greg doesn't take offense to that ever. And just feels like, you know, the best sort of flattery is mimicry. So I'm sure he would just be like, I, I don't own the idea of an introduction. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would think too. Um, so I, I found THC and I really loved that podcast. And there was other podcasts in the past I really loved. But what was different about THC was that he mentioned on one of the episodes, oh, there's this Facebook group that this guy is starting uh, full of, you know, THC fans. And I was like, dude, that's probably such a cool group because it's all people who like these sorts of things. And, you know, it's pre-screened. Like the people who are there, you're going to like probably a lot of them. And at the very least, you're going to have good conversation with people. And so I went into this THC group when it was like pretty young and just like rearing, like I was so excited. I was like, we're all so cool. Oh my God, we get to talk about all these things. So I spent, you know, far too much time probably in that group. But um, the long, <laughs> the short version of this story is that because I went in there with like so much just like gusto and love and joy and like wanted to talk to everyone and I was not trying to do anything other than finally have people to talk to. Um, but that turned into people being so excited, like, let's do this show about Greg's show. We all love the show so much. Let's have a show that we just all get together and talk about the show. It's kind of like uh, inspired by that Walking Dead, I guess, has like a show about the show. <laughs> um, so they're like, it'll be like that. But for THC, I was like, wow, we are the biggest dorks in the world. But and they were like, Lindsay, you're so like into the group, you know, everybody you're always like here, like, why don't you do this show? And I was like, sure, like, I'll do that. That sounds like so much fun to like spend, you know, one night a week hanging out with cool people that you met who have the same interests as you talking about the show that you love. So this is what we did for um, a few months. I'm not really sure how long they're all still up on YouTube. You can go find them. They're called chat and higher side. Um, and so that went on for a while. And eventually I was like, you know, I've spent a, over a decade of my life loving these various podcasts, mostly Freeman Fly, Mysterious Universe, and THC, and, uh, you know, so much. And I really just want to do something like that myself, but with this, you know, with my own flair, my own, you know, emphasis, which for me is really is the spiritual. And that's part of what I love so much about Freeman Fly is he's one of the few shows that I knew of, at least at the time, that will ever even touch on that sort of spiritual aspect of all of these things. And, um, you know, various people do in various ways, but not with any sort of emphasis necessarily, or at least not that I had found. And so I really wanted to provide that, you know, very good at being objective. I'm very good at sort of researching things and analyzing things. And I had already been doing that my whole life, but, and then presenting them, you know, with this, uh, like you said, in your introduction, this like flair for empowerment and looking at where we stand on this, uh, spiritual plane in relation to all of these goings ons. And so, um, and so that's how I decided to do my own show and start Rogueways. And, you know, a lot of people, 
who loved THC and who had known me in that group and who had seen, you know, Chat and Hireside and participated in that kind of came with. So I was very lucky to have sort of a, a loyal group to start because I think a lot of podcasting and and doing shows is is really difficult, especially now in the age of massive algorithmic suppression. Um, it's hard to even get going. And so I had this, you know, couple hundred people to start with, which was just really nice. And it's just been, um, you know, going since then. And so that's that's how the show itself started. And I don't know if I've ever even told that story. So I'm not even sure that's <laughs> what you were looking for. There's a whole lot more that was going on in my life at that time that brought me to vast revolutions um, you know, in, in my entire sort of structure of my life. So there's that too, but that's, it's intertwined, but a little bit separate. Oh, I think it's cool that you just went with the one that popped into your head because it <laughs> vibes with me. You just named multiple shows that I love. I would venture to say that mysterious universe, that podcast like changed my life. Big me time. too. Yes. Big time. Because so if anyone's never heard of the show, I know that I've talked about it before, but maybe it's been a while. It's these two Australian guys that do like a full-time job's worth with overtime amount of reading and research into fringe topics of any flavor with no discrimination necessarily about whether or not it's true at all. Although they'll, while they're describing what they've researched, they'll be like, this doesn't sound right. They'll make fun of stuff. They're, they're actually hilarious. They're so Australians funny. are mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their sense of humor is, I mean, not obviously not a blanket statement about all Australians, but I love that show because it expanded what I thought might be possible in the world. And then after it gave me like years of just expanding, expanding, well, maybe this is possible. Maybe this has happened, which is just amazing for your aperture in terms of what you can experience in your own life. If you've changed your belief about what you could accept as possible. And it definitely had that type of an influence on my personal experiences. But the next phase of that for me that I, for a while I started to kind of like, it wasn't that I disliked the show, but I was like, maybe it's not that useful at this point because I was starting to develop discernment. And I was like, mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't be filling my head with possibly a bunch of nonsense. But at a certain point, the like the truth radar finally clicked on for me uh, somewhere inside and at that point, like the discernment was just constant. And now listening to Mysterious Universe is entertaining like it used to be, expands the imagination, gives good information, and, uh, <laughs> and it also lets me sharpen that sort of discernment. Like I can now hear the, hear the stories without the default assumption of maybe it's true or whatever, or yeah. have heard en enough stuff that I can be like, okay, this just doesn't seem consistent with the general phenomenon topic here, but yeah, generally speaking, that show is amazing and super inspirational. I could go on. I love those guys. Yeah. Uh, and the discernment thing, I think, is really key. It's actually a great tool for that to just look at all kinds of stuff that might that your skepticism would otherwise throw out. Well, that's that's part of what I loved about them, because I had been consuming on my own and experiencing on my own all sorts of phenomenon for my whole life. And so I was very I was pretty deeply steeped in the paranormal, I would say, for lack of a better word. And so finding their show was so refreshing to me because it was kind of like the THC Facebook group again, where I was like, oh, there are people who look at this the same as me with like 
knowing that there is so much more going on than what our materialist science will allow, but at the same time, knowing that there's a bunch of bullshit mixed in that is not real and true and and looking at it with this sort of objective, you know, that you can still have logic and also know that there are these things going on. And I just, that was so refreshing because that was so rare because you usually either find people who are like, way far off the deep end, have no idea in their mind that any of this might be faked or, you know, brought forth by bullshit artists or whatever. And, or people who just are like, none of it's real. It doesn't exist. And I'm like, well, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I know it exists. And I also know there's a lot of people who are just lying and making things up or genuinely experiencing some other version of, you know, maybe uh, psychology that isn't actually going very well for them. Or, you know what I mean? Like that happens too. So I just was somewhere in the middle. It was just nice to see them also have that same sort of attitude. Like we're not going to discount it. And we're also not going to say that it is automatically true. And we're not going to be afraid to laugh at what is obviously absurd. Yes. (laughs) Even laughing at something that's absurd and also possibly true. But I like how you said that you were attracted to those things because your life had been steeped in what you call paranormal. Although maybe there's no such thing as paranormal. Maybe it's just unrecognized normal supernatural like how could you be above nature but or beyond nature those are funny (laughs) words and maybe a clue in those words but i came to those podcasts thc mysterious universe being starved for the paranormal not steeped in it and so it was like a wellspring of just like give me more i want this (laughs) give me more weirdness (laughs) but one of the things on that discernment sort of discernment if you will is not just picking out the consistencies in stories that you accept could be true, but also what are the consistencies in what you can now deem as the bullshit artists and why are they all so consistently uh, (laughs) consistent? And this is my way of segueing into something that I heard that you have some experience with, which is that in a lot of like UFO lore and abductee contact experience lore that was going on, especially in like the 70s, there's this constant reinforcement of the idea of without coming right out and saying it that, well, the saviors from space are waiting for you to adopt communism because that's the only <laughs> right way to live. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it's always like the same theme. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that and, you know, that they're it's interesting because they're always like just slightly beyond our technology. And, and I'm sure you notice this too. And mysterious universe is good at pointing this out that if you've tracked these UFO phenomenon throughout time, they're just slightly ahead of us. They're never so far ahead and they're never the same. So if you go back a hundred years, they had airships, all the UFOs were airships or whatever, you know, they're not airships anymore. Now they're like lights that zoom so fast. You can like barely keep track of them or, you know, do crazy physics defying things. Um, why weren't they lights that were doing crazy physics defying things back then? Like, did are the aliens actually just only over on like Mars or something and they're developing at the same rate as us, but only like 10 years ahead or, you know, that's really interesting too. So that points to some aspects that isn't, it just points to the, sorry, I guess that they're not, in my opinion, physical nuts and bolts. Beings Maybe they're that limited actually, by our imagination, basically, is what you're getting at. Be. that. What we could perceive them as what we would think is advanced would have to be within our framework. Or so this is I think there's two things going on, basically. I think one thing that's going on is has been consistent throughout all of human experience over all time. And this is the types of 
And it's sometimes lumped together with alien experiences, right? But you can also see the same themes in fairy experiences and in shamanic experiences. Uh, and those are those are all very consistent with each other. And they have the, the same sorts of traits, the same sorts of things happen over and over again, same sorts of patterns. Then we have this UFO encounter sort of thing that is also called alien, um, but usually has, like you were saying, some sort of message that comes with it. And it's some sort of social conditioning and programming that goes along with it. And those ones are always just a little bit ahead of the technology that we know of. And there's some sort of like evidence often left behind, whether it's a piece of metal or whatever that's weird or like a scoop mark taken out of the person's body sometimes maybe could be part of it. Or, you know, there's always something that's like, able to lend it maybe a video that the Pentagon has, for example. Um, and those all seem to be not aligned necessarily with those other experiences and used for this sort of social engineering for lack of a better word, right? Like communism is the best way take, you know, take that up so you can join the galactic federation or when we can come save your world or whatever. Yeah. It's just really interesting how, when you learn about ideological subversion, the strategy of toppling empires like ours without needing to conquer them militaristically. And this is something that KGB defectors have openly spoken about, the demoralization of a culture, which means not just demoralize as in lower your spirits. It's interesting that these two, this word can mean both things, lowering of spirits or like, you know, uh, joy, you know, you've been demoralized. You're no longer as happy. Then there's demoralization as in, your morals have been removed or altered in some way. And I think we see this happening through pretty much every big facet of media. And unfortunately also in these fringe fields, it's like, it's like when you leave the matrix of mainstream thinking, then there's like a sub matrix outside of that. And then maybe like two or three layers beyond that, where they've got other little nets ready to control your awakening with a different, savior story (laughs) yeah no it gets so intense and that's it's really interesting i keep having this come up in conversations lately this idea that no matter how many times you wake up there's still some aspect of the trap there waiting for you and it's tailored perfectly to what humans would tend to experience or want to experience or want to sort of maybe they want to like back up and reverse and like hold up i'm not ready for this yet like oh well we've got a net for that too (laughs) you know and that's a um it's, it's sad. And, and that, you know, I always hate to admit like how perfect and genius they have created all of these traps around us to keep us sort of tapped into the the matrix, you know, but, um, but it's also in a way, I think it's, it's kind of like this concept that's hard to talk about, I guess, with the, you know, the sort of the devil or the, the Luciferian or the trickster energy, you know, where it's like, it's a frustrating and it's annoying when you have these things pop up that just like get in your way or these traps that come up that kind of try to pull you into them. And, and it's sad to watch people fall into them. And there's all these things we can lament about them. And at the same time, if you're able to see them and be like, "Mm, that's a trap, I'm not stepping into that. So I'm going to keep my mind open. I'm going to keep taking information. I'm going to keep weighing it objectively. I'm going to keep doing my best to sift through this, no matter how many layers deep I go. I'm going to not let my emotions take over, you know, and I'm going to like take this trap apart piece by piece and I'm going to move through it. Well, you've only now strengthened every aspect of yourself and you've only now developed even more skills with which to continue moving forward. And so it's really, it's all preparing you to just keep going forward. So I'm not excusing any of it. I'm not 
really praising any of it, but I'm just, um, there is something about it that is like worthwhile for us to be able to, uh, you know, go through it, move through it, take it apart and, and keep going. I think so too. I mean, how could we rise without something as a fuel in a way? And that's what all the, I've been thinking about this so much lately, but even that lies are not actually quote unquote bad. They're new, they're neutral. <laughs> they're a tool. Mm -hmm. Like a parent might tell a type of lie to their child in a loving way that was just helpful for everyone in that moment. And you can't yeah. convince me that they did something bad by doing that. And then there's other types of lies that are seen as white lies that actually have all kinds of crazy fucked up programming in them, like Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see that as like, oh, that's a perfectly acceptable lie. But, like, eh, it's kind of creepy. You're like teaching your kids to accept random strangers into their house in the middle of the night and even leave them treats for it. Like, hmm. And I'm not, I'm not defending <laughs> lies here or liars and that we should expose the lies that we can and bring truth and light to everything possible. But if you consider what a lie is, it's something that obscures the truth, right? And what is the concept of obscuration when we start to really get kind of like metaphysical or philosophical here? We can only ever see 180 degrees of whatever object we're looking at in the way that this world works to have a subject and object or self and other. It has to be that way. And for anything to be differentiated out of the primal oneness, it then has to have the contrast of that which isn't in the picture, what isn't in the scope. So with lies, whenever we encounter these traps and these lies that, are, that they have put there for us, or maybe on a higher level, this is just part of the structure we created for our own self to be <laughs> our own training, our own classroom. I kind of look at it more that way and don't worry about a they too much. Because <laughs> if you're considering they... Well, they would be people, which means some of them would be good people doing bad things and some of them would be bad people doing good things and just leave it at that and see how we can approach these things and realize that the lies actually help us find the truth of who we are. If they weren't part of the system, then there would be no sort of impetus for the rise. It would just, everything would just be eternally the same. You have to have that, like the difference of perspective. I mean, no two people can occupy the same spot in reality at the same time and have the same perspective. So even that is kind of similar to lies or obscuration, right? Because we're not both not seeing the same 180 degrees of the thing that we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's very interesting. Like, I, I appreciate your point there uh, that these traps are also for our betterment and the thing that blows my mind about lies, the last thing I'll say about it is realizing the Old Testament doesn't tell you not to lie in the Ten Commandments. It says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor, which is a specific type of lie. That's they like lying you. to try to sabotage someone or get them in trouble. And just lies as a general concept, like you'd have to have, that'd have to be okay with God. Otherwise, why would they be here? <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting point. And, and like you said, there's definitely times where you can see that a lie can do some good, right? Is Anne Frank hiding in your basement? Like, no, of course she's not. Like, well, now you've saved Anne Frank's life and you did it through a lie. Um, so that's a really good point for sure. And I think, you know, it's really empowering to, to look at all of these things that we face because otherwise it can get, you know, back to demoralizing and worse. 
uh, if we don't look at it this way, we can just look at these these traps that seem to have, you know, the structure seems to be so massive that how could you ever undo it? How could you stop the, you know, Illuminati or whatever you want to call the power elite or whatever controls this, you know, this plane seemingly or whatever? How could you ever hope to stop them? How could you ever hope to take that apart? And how could you like, you know, especially when you see people like falling into all of these sort of traps along the way, you can't stop everyone from reacting the way that they're going to react. And we're all human. and. Obviously, we've been studied very deeply and and whatever. But uh, when you look at it this way, you empower yourself because you remember, well, I control me and I'm able to choose how to react and respond to each thing. And it's not it's even beyond this sort of, um, you know, we say like, oh, well, someone might come up and slap you, but you get to choose how you respond. And it's like, it's true. But that's it's even beyond that. You're saying that you can always choose to keep going and keep seeking further and keep finding deeper layers of yourself and keep opening up new aspects of your way of being and continuously recreate yourself all the time. And that is really empowering, you know, and it goes beyond like, how do you treat a bully or, you know, that sort of like, I think that's like the base level of it. But beyond that, it's, it goes into like the core of your experience here, you know, on earth and, and who you are and what you're being. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we came out the gate pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> but talking about, it probably seems contradictory talking about morals and then me saying that lies are actually not bad like okay where's my morals i'm i guess to clarify i mean i would consider it to be immoral to lie maliciously or in some way that did harm or held back the truth from somebody that needed the truth and even generally speaking when it's a totally neutral situation i would always just pick telling the truth by default it would take but that being said like I might lie to people on the show inadvertently. I might misquote something or share information that I had reason to believe or accept. And then it ended up not being correct. And like, does that make me bad? And maybe it does. (laughs) Maybe that (laughs) makes me morally responsible for that. But I want to back up backpedal to (laughs) the aliens that we were talking about or the interdimensional beings or what imaginal realm they might come from who knows i wanted to get more of a if you have one concrete take on that phenomenon like you think there's space aliens you think there's even a space to travel through as it's described (laughs) do you like hit me (laughs) where are we at with this no it's a great question and i've spent um I've, you know, I'm 39. I've spent probably 28 years or more of my life considering it because I have been having experiences since I was very young. So I was like, well, what the hell is going on here? Like, you know, I've had to think about it because of, of the experiences I've had. And so, um, and so we can talk about all kinds of experiences. Some of them are way more crazy than others, but when it comes down to it, my, my final answer is, I don't know if space exists as we've described. It does not seem to that we can access it as far as I'm concerned, based on what we've been shown, it seems mostly faked. Um, And so if we can access it, I don't think we're being told the truth about it and it's possible we can't access it. And so what is it? Who would know in that case, right? I know that one of my experiences involved me going with entities out and seeing the entirety of the universe but I that still doesn't tell me what that is and what it's made of or you know if we can physically go there or not it just shows me that it is some kind of a construct that I was able to participate in to some some degree right could have even been totally astral yes exactly created from everyone's idea about space 
and that and all those stars and like the whole universe and the shape I saw, you know, that all could just be the the shape of sort of energy flow and consciousness flow and right. And like the locations could be the clusters of, of consciousnesses that who knows, right? So so exactly, exactly. That's where I stand on that is like I don't even know if that means anything more than that I went and had this cool experience that was really rad, actually. Um but you know, but what are these these entities? Because it's very clear to me from various interactions I've had that they are conscious and that they re- react and respond to your consciousness. Um, and so there's something that we would consider, I think, alive, at the very least conscious, right? I think that indicates living. Uh, but are they physical? I have never, ever been given any indication that they are. In fact, every indication, when I really break it down, seems to show that they're um, at at the most what we might call like like ether or plasma or something, if, if there's any sort of physicality to them, it's, it's like light and it can morph and change and take any shape it wants and, and do it. It does not respond. It doesn't, uh, uh, it's not held down by the laws of physics as we know them. Um, so that's the best I can get, right. Is that they seem, maybe that's interdimensional is, is maybe the best term for it. Um, spiritual paranormal. I don't know what word people want to put on that. Uh, but in that sense, it makes a lot of sense why humans have experienced these types of things, you know, from that category, not the nuts and bolts alien social programming category, but from this other category, it makes sense why people have experienced them similarly over thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years. And, you know, that we have all these different ways of describing them like, oh, they're angels or demons or you know, my shamanic experience, it was this entity that came and did this, or, oh, it was a fairy, you know, and then we have all these different words and they're really describing the same thing over and over again. There's a lot of possibilities. It's like that <laughs> old saying, the more you learn, the less you know. And with exactly. these topics, it does feel like the more you learn, the more things you become aware of how they need to be removed from your toolkit <laughs> or like removed from your framework scaffolding because uh you know looks like maybe that's some sort of they call it stuff like my labs maybe and when you put everything in the reset framework and consider that maybe even people are seeing some kind of advanced craft or maybe even some type of humanoid that's not human that could be sometimes physical and then sometimes beings more on the fairy realm more connected to the dead and the ancestors like there, there's a spectrum of possibility here but in the context of the reset narrative, then it could be that some controlling <laughs> the ranchers of this place, if you will, that, ra- that have the earth as a human ranch, they maybe have reset things so many times like that they've had technology to do big, you know, cataclysmic ecocidal resets while maintaining their safety from like, who knows, North Pole, Antarctica places we can't go and that yeah i i'm more of the mind that it's just a simpler explanation that whatever is going on it's all here yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot i mean the it, it's a lot to ask that we um believe that something came from who knows how far away if we're actually able to see you know the whole sky and like to, you know see what planets are doing what what stars are doing what and get signals and all of this stuff it's hard to ask that the ones that we know of that are close enough to support what we know of as life have sent, you know, actual physical ships here and that those entities have come for what seems like a very long time at least, but haven't been 
so clear about like, here we are and here's what we're here for. Why? You know, there has never been an explanation for that. People are like, oh, people couldn't handle it. Like, yeah, they could. I period. They could. There's no evidence that they couldn't. You know, and even when you look to things like, oh, the War of the Worlds and the radio show, well, that was presented in a very terrifying way. There's no reason that aliens who came here in a physical ship couldn't come and not be terrifying and say, hi, I'm here from, you know, Reticulum Prime or whatever, and I wanted to say hello. Like, you know, we'd be like, whoa, and then we'd get over it and move on. Like, that's what humans do. We have other things that are blowing our minds experientially that we can handle. Some people can't, and they can go choose to deal with it how they will. But overall, there's, I don't know, I just don't buy that story that, that like, they are here, but they know we can't handle it. So they've never, they've only made contact with certain people. Well, that's very convenient for the story. It doesn't really pan out logically. Yeah, so much of the stories rely on projecting our nature onto these supposed beings. And if we're being realistic about that, we should be worried about some kind of Cortez alien. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Then why are we taking over exactly? Right. But to uh, talk about the concept of your experiences and maybe not looking at it as aliens per se, although I guess you probably have a variety of experiences, it sounds like. Yeah. other than in like a visionary state or like an inner journey type of state, have you ever experienced a being that was like physically there in the space with you? Because for me, I actually have a few times and would turn me off to using psychedelics beyond very, very small doses actually. It's because there'd be people there that other people couldn't see and they were freaky sometimes or just the fact that they were there was freaking me out and it was hard to handle. I was like, am I going crazy? <laughs> but yeah. then some, ex- some types of synchronicities ex- kind of verified what I was seeing, including doing a seance one time where I kind of impromptu jumped into the seance because it was right by where I was camping. And there was going to be a dimensional portal opened up five feet away from my tent, and I was either going to go to sleep next to that or just go <laughs> join. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, spirits, if you will, picked me to be the medium, and someone's grandpa came through in the imaginal, in my mind, but was like a full guy and, and was communicating and get, like I knew stuff about him that I shouldn't have known. And so I know that there's something going on there, both that sometimes our aperture lets us see them in the space with us. And sometimes we can experience them in our mind's eye, which yeah. is not really any different than we're always in our mind's eye, right? <laughs> right. Well, in that, that mind's eye space, you know, is exactly where you can there's again so many different words for it and descriptions of it but you can access anything you can access what you what people call the akashic records without even knowing that you're doing that right or if you have allies and guides that work with you that's where they can kind of bring you this information and what people call like knowings um you know or being psychic for lack of a better word and and you being a medium is exactly a a perfect example of that because it's not it's not unreal you're actually getting information that like you said was you couldn't have known and it's absolutely true. And so it's happening. It's real. Um, and this is, I think, one of the many senses that that humans have that we have either been trained out of using by the ranchers or like um, have just forgotten or doled out through all of this EMF and the food and poisons. We I don't know, some combination. Um, but I think everyone has that, you know, and I think people like you and maybe people like me are maybe a little bit more sensitive or a little bit more open to it or a little bit more willing to travel down those pathways and, and do some of that. Um, But I don't think, I think everyone could if they want to, right. I just, 
I just think that that's a good reminder and that that space is available to everybody. Um, and as far as <laughs> entities and psychedelics, I think that that is definitely that you and I have that in common where we both, I think, chose to just like, okay, I don't really need that experience anymore in my life. And and if I do, if I want to go talk to those entities and interact with them again, like I know how now, and I'm, so I'm not going to do that on, unless I want to on purpose. Um, you know, and people are like, for me at least, they're even like, well, why, why won't you like smoke weed still sometimes? Like, I want to see you stoned. I'm like, no, you don't. I will like go and start having conversations with people you can't tell are there. And even on like, just, you know, some powerful but or whatever, like I'm not into it anymore. So again, I'll use it if I need to, cause I know I can do that. But, um, I, I haven't actually seen physical entities like you're describing, uh, in my space with me as far as even vaguely biological looking. Um, but like I said, those, um, what, what I've experienced a lot are these lights, these orbs, and, uh, I come somewhat from a shamanic uh, background. And so, you know, I was taught to call them wogies. So if anybody vibes with the term wogies, then the, the, I sometimes call them wogies because it's just easier. They're not aliens. They're not demons. They're not with their wogies. <laughs> um, but really what it comes down to is they're balls of light with um, consciousness of some kind. And they can appear as literally anything. They can appear. I've had them change shapes and look like physical forms in front of me. So it really makes you question the nature of reality of like, what, how do you know when you're looking at a thing, if it's that thing, or if it's one of these things, like, and it really comes down to like, you have to be able to intuit that and kind of vibe it and know it, um, you know, based on your, your sort of senses than, than anything else. But, um, those have been very, very close to me. They've been within a few feet of me physically, you know, in front of me and, and other people have seen this too many times. I, for a little while, I was a kind of, I think, rude about it when I look back now. Cause I was like, dude, you guys, there's like aliens and shit. And it's crazy. Like watch, I'll show you. And I could just call them in my mind and they would come and people would be like, what the fuck is that? Cause it moves weird and does weird things. And it's like, they're like showing off for people. Um, and I just think I kind of like blew some people's minds and I don't think that's very fair to do to people. So I don't do that anymore. And even if people say they want to see it, I still sometimes don't. Cause I'm like, I don't really know if you do like, and I think if you do, it'll happen. So I just try not to be the middle man between that anymore. Um, but so I've had experiences where they're very close. I've had a million experiences where they're very far and I've had many, many experiences where other people are seeing them too. So, um, Cause there was a small time where I was like, am I just insane? Or is this, have I just seen this and like no one else can. And I'm like going crazy. And so it was part of why I wanted other people to see them, you know? So maybe I'm not a horrible, horrible person, but when they did, it's a, it's nice. Cause you're like, okay, well it is something and I'm not insane <laughs> and this is actually happening. And so, um, so I hope I answered the question. I feel like I just rambled a bit. <laughs> I mean, maybe Maybe not. That's all subjective, right? <laughs> There's no te teacher grading the test. True. Yeah. To reference the fact that you're also a teacher. I didn't even throw that in, in yeah. the intro, which is a big deal too. But you know what? I've seen some wogies before. I didn't know they were called that. And oh, yeah. I also, I can't, I've never tried to summon them on demand, but I'm thinking we're talking talk about the same thing. They were these like roughly like a small beach ball or maybe a, a volleyball size white orbs. They just came up out of the ground and they started fly, flying around in the air above us. And then they all kind of like merged into one. Yeah. 
and then flew off beyond the trees really fast. And there were three of us that saw it and nobody was tripping. No, there's four because there's a baby as well. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. <laughs> if I ever catch up with you in real life, I'm going to see if you can make an exception make on the happen. demo. Because I, you know what? Like they showed up for me one time. So yeah, we're probably I'm cool. Sure that they will. Again, I think you could go out any night, honestly. Well, you could go out in the day too, but they're harder to, again. It was in the day, but it was during the day of an eclipse, like the big total eclipse in 2017. So maybe there's some extra juju that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know now that you mentioned that if people would differentiate between the like ground orbs and these, I've never seen them specifically go in or come out of the ground, but I, I would guess it's a similar, if not the exact same entity doing it, but I don't, I can't promise that. Right. But, um, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. That's funny because <laughs> right it. when you lost it is when I remembered something that I was holding on to from earlier. <laughs> go for it. So <laughs> perfect. we're in flow here. I've got, to ask, you mentioned like helpers and guides, maybe your take on what those, in, maybe not what they are, because we we've been trying to work our way around those type of questions the whole time, but right. how to access them and what you would recognize as something that's a guide. And then maybe we can contextualize that uh, as in opposition to things that are not your friend, that are yeah. more parasitic, vampiric, because I have heard stories from you on previous shows about (laughs) some pretty heavy duty entity business. So, you know, go where you will with that. But this is something I'm really fascinated in because I feel like I've encountered some entities before myself, but that maybe things definitely went further for you in your past. Yeah. And maybe because of where I was sort of at mentally and emotionally and you know, because I think I think that plays a big role in in how you draw these things to you or help feed them or how easily they can kind of attach and stuff. So that that can play a big role out there. And I always want to say too before any of the scary stuff or at least sometime during it, so that people have an idea that um, you have free will and no entity can uh, you know cross any boundary or invade you or attack you without. Yeah, rather you have the ability to stop it at any time. So it might be difficult to believe that in the moment and fear might be clouding you and whatever, but you can always, you always have more power than them. So no matter how many scary things you hear from me or someone else, just remember that. And if you ever do need help, I always, you know, I came from this sort of Judeo-Christian background. And so it's just naturally like a part of my subconscious. And so I don't want you to attach too much value to this or judgment to it. But I just think you can always call on Jesus and God. They're just two really cool, however you want to look at that, beings, morphogenetic fields, like positive, you know, energy clusters, whatever, that will always respond to your call. But if you have your own from other traditions and stuff, then you can always call them in too, if anything like this were ever happening that you were not happy with, and it would instantly be like a help to you. So if you want like a quick, easy guide or like ally, then there are some for you, right? You could call on anything that you feel really good about. Uh, and even on the topic of that, you know, you I've used Gandalf. Call. I just want to say Gandalf the yeah, wizard. I have used so Gandalf the wizard in this way. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm so glad you said that. Cause I was just going to say, you can call on the feeling or the memory of anything that you love. Like if you're like, Gandalf's a badass, like call on Gandalf. Like as long as it's something that you genuinely have that feeling for it's most things are much more about the genuine authentic vibe of it than anything else. So we're, we have all these words and categories and things, but like 
they matter a lot less than the feelings attached to them do. So like, even if you have like this dog that you love, like, and you could call on their like energy, like come help me. And they're there, Like you feel it. That's real. <laughs> so don't, don't hesitate to do that. But, you know, as far as like, um, having guides or knowing who your guides and your allies are, it's, it's for me, it's always this kind of drawn out process of developing a relationship, uh, with this thing, but these, um, you know, symbolically and emotionally and energetically, and often in dream, a lot of times first before other ways, um, a lot of times in synchronicity, I'll just start to notice this, this presence is like pushing into my, my world. And, um, I, I would say that the first sort of guide I had was like a spirit guide, like the traditional sense of like your animal spirit guide or whatever. And it was a wolf and it was a blue wolf specifically. And it, um, I have him right here actually. And he came, uh, I just found my story of this is its own weird tale. But anyway, (laughs) this person didn't draw this for me. I just looked at it and was like, Oh, it's blue wolf. And they were like, Oh, I must've made him for you. (laughs) But, um, he helped me a lot when I was going through this really rough time when I was a kid, he would show up in my dreams and I'd be having these horrible, terrible nightmares, or I'd be having, you know, this really negative, um, uh, you know, emotional time in my life. And he would pop into my head and I would just like, it was, it was kind of like you were describing with the, you know, ancestor who showed up and you started sort of channeling that it was just, it was like, it's in my imagination, but at the same time, it like felt like a genuine presence and like a sort of distraction from this emotional hell I was in. Uh, And in the dream world, you know, there'd be like negative things happening. I'd be like being chased or, you know, demons would be around or and he would like pop in and sort of like cast them all away. And so I just started calling, I gave him a name that's blue wolf. (laughs) You know, he comes around and helps me when I'm feeling down. Um, But throughout my life, I've, you know, more and more realized that the wolf and the wolf energy wolf synchronicities, wolf imagery, wolf symbolism, like it just comes to me. And it especially comes to me at times when I'm dealing with facing, you know, darkness, it's like a protector energy and spirit. So I now honor that and I use it and I intentionally call wolf in when I'm doing various ceremony and, and, you know, wolf is one of my, my people, but it, you can kind of see how it just sort of started and it sort of developed and just like the, you know, Wogies, we were talking about, you're kind of at first like, well, is this real? Or am I just telling myself this comforting thing, you know, that there's like a wolf around and that it helps me. And it's like, in the end, I'm always like, well, does it matter? Right? Like, does it work? (laughs) Does it come and show up and actually have an effect? Like it does. So who cares? Like, I don't really need to know much beyond that. Um, But I had like a really cool experience too, with Blue Wolf specifically, where a friend who is very, very gifted, um, has, you know, those sorts of experiences you were talking about with like channeling other intelligences, like really easily and intentionally and frequently. And that's just part of what she sort of does. And she was doing, and she didn't know that I had this association, you know, and she's like, um, there's like a really massively giant wolf here to talk to you. And I was like, it's blue wolf. (laughs) And we had this like beautiful, message and I was like crying because I because again no matter how many times in my life this has come up and I've known that this is a thing and that it's real it's another thing to like have it directly come and talk to you and be like okay wow this really is really really not making it up but also what a beautiful relationship you know to have this whatever that is is it an actual blue wolf spirit someone I doubt it you know I think it's more like um, some sort of soul pattern and I just perceive it as a blue wolf 
you know, and we're just together for some reason. And right now it's on the sort of other side doing what I can't necessarily do as easily. We're working together to do whatever, you know, with the, with the many realms where they combine and converge here on, on earth. But, um, but yeah, that's, I guess, one, one quick story of one type of guide. I have other guides that are not animals too. And so we could talk about that. Let's get into that, but I want to pause on blue wolf because he deserves it really He's such a badass. What a good boy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that because I have a, a native American medicine deck. It's like a tarot, but with animals as the guides and then just like a parable about that animal and then some inferences about its behavior and how that can inform our betterment, our better behavior. And the wolf deck in that, or the wolf card in that deck has always been one that I loved and it represents the teacher actually, mm, which interesting. is, yeah, see, there you go. There's another little overlap why that would be a yeah. resonant symbol. And then Another thing, I've been playing this game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And oh, yeah. I want it's to play uh, so crazy Gnostic. I have a lot of things I want to break down about it in the symbolism. But to talk about, the reason I want to talk about this for, game for a second is because it ties into that idea of like the trials and the challenges making you stronger. Hmm. And the main character in this game, at the very beginning of the story, he's like a eight-year-old or a nine-year-old kid. And his village gets attacked by bad Vikings and everybody gets killed and his mom and dad are dead. And he's run out into the freezing forest in the snow and wolves attack him. And he gets like his neck and his head mauled by this wolf. And, uh, then it like fades out and you're like, Oh no, is he going to die? right at the beginning. And then it cuts back and he's an adult and he's like a total badass. And he's got this crazy scar on his neck and they call him the wolf kissed. I just think that that is an (laughs) awesome like Norse way of giving somebody a kenning type of name and uh, highlighting the fact that the wolf was giving him a gift by making him get almost eaten and have to kill it in the snow as a child because like he is the most badass hero in the realm when he's an adult going through that. And so like the name sort of celebrates that instead of it celebrates his badassery instead of being like his name being like victim of almost being killed by a mean bad wolf. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I really love that. It's so interesting, too, because in a lot of a lot of native uh, traditions, being eaten by a being is one of the highest honors you can achieve. And and symbolically, you know, it kind of correlates with a lot of um, shamanic experiences where you get sort of taken apart by entities and like put back together. And it's it's sort of similar. And so it's like this honor to be eaten, especially on the spiritual plane by these other beings or entities. And I. The, before I ever met Blue Wolf, I my first dream of wolves was very negative, and I was running through a very dark woods, being chased, and they uh, finally got me, and it was wolves chasing me, and they they ate me, and I died, and I actually floated up. It was in a dream, but it almost felt like an out of body experience because I floated up in the dream and looked back down at my dead body, and apparently that's very rare in dreams as well, which I didn't know until telling this story at some point, and someone <laughs> told me like that's not normal. Maybe <laughs> you know, a memory. Maybe, right? Maybe a past life sort of memory. And I'm not sure, but then I met Blue Wolf. So I'm like, well, I was like eaten by the wolves first and then had this sort of spirit guide. And so 
I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked like too deeply into what that could mean, but I feel like the two things are somewhat connected. It's just interesting that that story you just told had to do with, you know, being bitten and, and kind of eaten by a wolf too. Well, I used to have nightmares about getting killed by doctors with lethal injection needles when I was wow. a little kid. So I hope that doesn't mean <laughs> doctors are going to be my future spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, I hope not too. Or injection have anything to do with your spirit guide. <laughs> um, yeah. And I do think a lot of those things are uh, past life memories. So it's, it's very likely, especially if as a kid, you're those types of things are like, why would a kid be thinking about this, you know? And, um, but yeah, I also, um, you know, have guides that I've, I've met who are not animal or person, you know, I, I realized at some point I just always have, since I was very young and still now, like I have to sometimes go out into nature and just be immersed and be alone and like sit in it and just do nothing, you know, just sit there. And I realized eventually that what I was doing was I was having conversations with um, nature, you know, or, or with parts of nature. And sometimes I'm talking with like a waterfall that I'm sitting next to. And sometimes I'm talking to a rock I'm sitting on. And sometimes I'm talking to the tree next to me. And I started being able to identify like the, what it was that I was talking to and get the messages kind of more clearly. And, and again, it sounds insane. Like it sounds schizophrenic. Um, but whether I always go back to like, well, even if it were what someone might call schizophrenic, it always brings me really positive, good information, often true, often that I couldn't have known on my own um, and it's helpful and positive. So I'm like, call it whatever you want. Right. I'm talking to trees and it's cool. <laughs> so like I have I feel like that's a type of of guide, too. And it's not necessarily like I have a tree that I like call on and comes to me. It's like I have to go like talk. It's a, it's a living current present entity but i'm you know conversing with and i just feel like that's an aspect of of having allies and guides too and um so i guess i want to mention that so that people are, are at least aware that that's a possibility for them too if they want to go out and try to have conversations <laughs> this is another good thing to pause on you talked about how the important part of it is to be like doing nothing in the nature yeah. for this to flow through and we're in this constant stimulation mode all the time. I'm super yeah. guilty of it. So like I'm wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, I'm listening to music. I'm playing a podcast. I'm trying to get the information into my brain while doing other things. And sometimes I'll just flip off everything that I was listening to, maybe just driving in the car. And within seconds, this message will come through me and out of my voice when by myself and like, in a very sort of bard-like way, give me some lighthearted encouragement and really cool flow state feeling, almost like freestyle, like a freestyle rapper took over my vocal cords for a second. And it's always about whatever is something I'm trying to uh, overcome at that moment or achieve in that yeah. moment or whatever. And it's like oh, this huge boost feeling. It feels really good after that happens. I'm like, I can't believe I just like said all that on the without thinking it. I don't know how else to put it. It just comes through. And uh, it doesn't ever come through if I don't have a, a quiet space for it. And even meditation doesn't quite bring it through that way all the time. It's like, sometimes you just need to be in a moment, wherever that moment is, and have silence where it sort of naturally would be. And then bam, something's there. 
Yeah, you're definitely an awesome channel. That is so cool. Well, it's and it's like you said, and I was thinking that too, while you were describing it is like you, you do have to be in that quiet, you do have to be, I think, usually alone. I think there's people who can do it not being alone. And I maybe you do. And maybe I could get there someday. But for now, at least I have to be alone. I just I think I'm too empathic. And I'm like, don't fully know how to block that out unless you know, it's really, really extreme, but otherwise, so being alone just helps at least. Uh, but you know, like you said, sometimes meditating doesn't even quite do it and why you're alone, you're quiet, you're, you're in that space or whatever. But I think sometimes with meditation for a lot of people, it's like, you have this goal and you have this thing, you're doing it right. You're therefore you're active. So you're like engaged in trying to accomplish this goal. I think for most people, this is what meditation is like, which is unfortunate because I don't know that that was the intended purpose, but, um, we're just like that in our society. So that just kind of happens. But if you're out, if you're driving even, right. And you're like listening to something, you're not, you don't really have a goal necessarily. You're just like, there doing this thing. And, and, um, you know, or for me, sometimes when I first get to nature, like, well, I'm going to hike for a little while first. And I might have a podcast in while I'm doing that or whatever. Then I'm going to get to the point where I take the podcast out, sit down and I'm alone in nature. Now, something about the getting into that state, um, is its own sort of meditation that might be more effective for people than, you know, meditation, meditation, uh, because you're getting, you're more likely going to get to, because you're releasing all expectation. You're like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just walking through the forest with a podcast. Like I don't have to reach a goal. I don't have to be a certain way. And so you're just letting yourself. And really, I think that is the goal of meditation, right? Of There's all sorts of different kinds of meditation, but I think the meditation <laughs> that most people are talking about most of the time, the goal of it is to just more, um, fully sink into what you actually are in your nature, right? We're already there. We're already doing it and we're just have to be it. And like, and, but getting there can be hard. So I think, I think that's part of why things like that work for people like, like you and me, you know, is we're doing something without a goal, without expectation. We're really just being, you know, and we can get into that state sort of, and then like something can come through. Right. With meditation, it's interesting how that it changed for me over time. When I first started doing it, I would so often have a struggle of trying to stay focused and not running off on other thoughts. And then, and then for a while, it was like the death hurdle that every time I sat down, it was like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. Oh, shit, I'm going to die. So that, there was that for a while. And then at a certain point, I began to sink deeper into my core, like you said, sink into yourself. And the unconscious would begin these amazing dances I would see raccoons on stilts morphing into babies and yeah. all kinds of strange alien landscapes. And, and as soon as I came back and remembered I was sitting there meditating, it would pop like a bubble and it would all be gone. I would have epiphany moments of like, this is the exact thought I was needing to think all this time. I finally thought it. And then <laughs> poof, it's gone. <laughs> like yeah. these crazy things happen. But now it's really just me sitting there with my breath, calmly, empty, breathing, focusing on breathing. And I don't know if that's a reflection on maybe something that's where I'm at with my health, possibly for good or ill, or maybe it's just that that's a task that I'm now attuned to and looking at it, treating it like a task. Like you said, I'm sitting down to do this thing, but the um, floating away, like if you will, isn't exactly as spontaneous or common as it used to be. But I also feel more of the imaginal bursting through during my non so-called scheduled meditation moments. It's just kind of 
constant to the point of like every once in a while, full on spontaneous psychedelic level, weird shit happening. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just my thoughts on it or how it's been yeah. for me. I think, I mean, I was just reflecting on this today in one of my meditations where I was like, it's weird that for me, at least sometimes I'm meditating and I'm not having all these visuals. Sometimes I'm meditating and I'm having that placid emptiness, you know, just so nice. And sometimes I'm meditating and I'm like receiving all this like information and I'm like sifting through it and trying to like figure out who it's for and what's going on and all these things. And I was just thinking today, like, it's, it's nice that I've gotten to this point where I don't have uh, an expectation or a necessarily like a goal of any of my practices. I'm just doing them and letting whatever's happening. Cause I have a lot more trust in my soul's, you know, ability to use that, whatever it is for however it needs to be, you know? And so I don't have any, some days I meditate and I feel like I didn't do anything, but sit there and like, you know, like just do nothing. Like nothing happened. I didn't reach any state. I didn't receive anything. Like I didn't do anything. And I don't judge that anymore either. Cause I'm like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Whatever needs to happen is going to happen. And the, the real um, important part for me at least is that I'm giving myself that space and that time to allow whatever needs to take place. You know, sometimes I just feel like it's like a, it's like when you do a cleanse, right? You do a cleanse, you're like on this juice fast or whatever, or you're on this like three day water fast or whatever you're doing, uh, your body just does like the most random shit. And each time it's totally different. And each time your mind is like a different state and all these different things are happening. And I'm always like, well, am I doing it right? And it's the same kind of thing. I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not worried anymore about my body's going to do whatever it needs to do when it, with that space I've given it to heal or replenish or whatever it needs to do, I'm going to stop judging it. I'm just going to let it happen. And I think they're really similar. Um, you know, they're analogous and that you're the most important thing is that you're giving yourself that space and that time and that, um, power to do those things and just let yourself do your, 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 all of your levels of your body are ready and they like want to do what they need to do. So you just got to let it happen, man. Right on. And then also, even if nothing sort of like what happens right with your meditation right. you still have the belief that you have enough time to do nothing and that's yes. a very empowering belief <laughs> <laughs> and that peace that you feel even if you know i i do these really quick practices especially on uh, my new show middle path now i'm really focused on trying to at least bring as aspects of practice into the show itself and so we'll do like really really quick sort of meditations and even when you just sit for three seconds maybe 12 is better, whatever, <laughs> and do a few deep breaths, even that, like you're giving yourself such a gift in that moment. You know, you don't have to accomplish anything more than that deep breath. That breath is so much goodness for your body and your soul and your heart. Like that's enough. I can eliminate the jitters in myself with two or three breaths. It used to yeah. take like 10 minutes of meditation and now two or three breaths and the jitter, even if it's like a chemically induced caffeine jitter, I can still level it out quite a lot. So, but Hey, that's we got a, Mosey on over to the extension. This just keeps ah. on flowing. We need to get into those scary ghost stories. And Ooh. you brought up cleansing. And now that kind of makes me want to go on a tangent there and see, uh, <laughs> see what you think about all that and how it maybe relates to your spiritual experiences. Because I think yeah. it does. Oh, yeah. But first, we got to give you room to wrap up anything you want to say to the people in the first hour. And... You know, your people will get this second hour. So hooray, more people Yay. are going to get it, which is awesome. And uh, my people get the second hour. But the, for those who are new to you, where can they find 
all your stuff and what all do you do? And yeah, your closing thoughts for them. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just want to say in the closing, you know, as a closing thought that um, kind of the message there for, for this last section, at least is that, or maybe really for everything. And maybe it's just a message people need to hear is that really it's true that where you're at is where you're supposed to be and what you're experiencing is perfectly good and true and beautiful and normal. And so like with whatever it is, whether you're like seeing wogies in the sky or you're like wondering if things are your guides or you're like meditating, but not feeling like you are doing it right. Like all of those things are just part of your process. Or even if you've never seen anything weird or supernatural. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Um, And that's just because that's exactly what you need. And so um, don't, don't stress it. You know, if you're, if you're like, how, how do I do it? And what am I doing? What if I'm not doing it right? Like, just let all that go and just keep doing it. You're going to find exactly what you need, exactly when you need to find it. So don't stress uh, and just let it, let it be, you know. But and one other do, interjection too, what we learned from Mysterious Universe is if you go looking for uh, the occult, sometimes it comes and finds you in a way <laughs> that you weren't really asking for. <laughs> yes, which is exactly what we'll talk about if we get into my dark experience in the next hour. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, so let it, let it unfold and let it be, you know, and it's, and it's going to be okay. And if you are out there looking for, um, you know, spiritual guidance or you're experiencing things that are weird or strange, or you don't know how to deal with, or you're not sure what you're supposed to do, that is actually part of what I do. I offer spiritual guidance and, um, you know, it, it comes in all sorts of varieties. So really it's, I just like to summarize by saying there's nothing too small or too big and there's nothing too light or too dark. Uh, for me to help you with. So just reach out and we'll set something up and, and do whatever needs to be done. Uh, and I also do tarot readings, which are a lot, I guess, a little bit lighter feeling, <laughs> you know, it can be for very serious and, and, you know, difficult issues, but um, you don't have to be facing like a complete crisis of the soul in order to get a good, awesome reading. And uh, they're safe and protected. And I have more than 20, I think I have 25 years of experience now <laughs> of reading tarot. So um so it's, it's something that I love and I would love to do that with you. And then I do my shows Rogue Ways on YouTube and on any podcast app that you have. And also my new show Middle Path, which is on Rockfin only. And I live stream all of those at 7 p.m. Mountain on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And uh, I'd love to also connect with people on rogue.locals.com. We've got a cool community. You can post things, share things, chat with people, you know, have, have a nice, and I just love it. The vibe there is very accepting and open-minded and you know, no trolls, just people who are looking to understand the world better. And, you know, there's, there's people who are like spiritual, like, like me and whatever. And then there's just the conspiracy people and there's the straight, there's just everyone. It's just a really cool mix of people. So come check that out if you're interested too. Yeah. Her live streams always have really popping chat sections. Get in there, people turn on the bell to notify you when she's uh, got a new video coming. So yeah, that's it, Lindsay. Thank you. This was a really fun hour one. Yes, <laughs> it thank <would> be. you. <laughs> thank you. It's been awesome. Oh, yeah. Really feeling the synergy on that one. I think you guys are, too. That was a really awesome show all around. And I want to thank any of the badass rogue warriors who might be tuning in. It's awesome to have this crossover once again. The first one, of course, was the Cyberpunk Terror, which was really wild and really cool. If you haven't caught those episodes, I think, I mean, unless you just really don't want to learn about tarot and transhumanism and 
what, <laughs> I don't know. If you don't want to learn about that stuff with uh, some really weird art and some great analysis from me and Lindsay, that's fine. But if you liked this conversation, you would love that. And you've probably already heard it. So why am I wasting my breath? I don't know. I'm definitely in a bit of a whirlwind in my life at the moment. If you're watching the video of this episode, you'll see there's a lot of chaos behind me and all this stuff that's in here is about to be moved back out there and the other rooms emptied out because I'm redoing the floors of my house, which is very exciting. I also repainted the walls and kind of feels like I'm moving into a new place. I say I I did it. I did the the painting, but hired people for the floor. So you got to sometimes just pick your battles. <laughs> I've been biting off a lot of life lately and I have to start chewing. I, I mean, I am chewing, but I got to keep chewing. <laughs> Never was good at that. They say you're supposed to like chew every bite of a meal 30 times or who knows. I'm more of a like, is it uh, in a small enough size to fit down my gullet? Okay, good enough. <laughs> Probably wasting a lot of nutrients. Actually, I shouldn't joke about that. That is discourageable behavior for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I should probably keep this brief, but now that I'm in here, it's kind of fun. As you can maybe see again, if you're in the video, I'm holding the mic right now because I've had to move my whole rig twice in one day to do this flooring stuff. But here I am plugging away, trying to make sure the show gets out to you as soon as possible because it was really good. And I want to also ride off the momentum of the previous conversation that was actually a follow-up conversation. That is my appearance on Rogue Ways that was also within this week, if you're hearing this when it comes out. So you probably already caught that. It was really awesome. I mirrored it to my channels. But this conversation was actually before that. Hopefully that wasn't weird chronologically. I don't think it was. But, you know, I'm just really glad whenever I can network with other creators that... I'm going to be able to delve through their archives and ask them for email addresses for people that we are both mutually interested in. This is really cool for me. So expect to see more collabs with me and Lindsay in the future. No doubt. If you've got other podcasts you'd like to maybe hear me on, that'd be cool. I do love sharpening my rhetoric each and every time. I feel like when I go into those things, I'm like, am I going to repeat myself hardcore? I probably do, but... <laughs> I feel like I get better at it, so who knows? And hopefully for fans of Lindsay, you didn't think this conversation was too much of a repeat of things that she's talked about on her guest spots elsewhere. I wouldn't know. I tried to follow her around to a few places, but someone with that kind of hustle, there's just a lot of content out there. So we all are bound to repeat ourselves to some degree, but when we resonate with new people, there's always something novel that shakes out, and I love that. I think this conversation was a good example of that. And uh, that hustle that I mentioned with Lindsay, it's a real big inspiration for me. I definitely see myself moving in a lot of the same direction, directions that she has taken herself in. Pretty cool and inspiring stuff. I'll talk more on that in a little bit. But I was on Instagram and I saw that another podcaster, Mike Adelic, that show, which is great. We did a show on Interverse back in the day, had a fun psychedelic conversation uh he mentioned his rankings on the philosophy charts for the itunes podcast app and i was like you know what i wonder where we're sitting there and i was happy and surprised because i've literally never checked this before in five years you'd think i would check but maybe before now it would have been too discouraging so that's why i didn't bother but 
We're at 107 in the United States for philosophy podcasts, if this is what that is. It's the closest approximation I can get in their categories. We're also ranked in the UK and Australia, I think. So that's pretty cool. Shout out to all those people across vast bodies of water. This episode kind of had a lot of water thematically. If you watch the video, I made a cool like rogue wave, (laughs) like wave of water visualizer. Did you guys know that I make wild visualizers for the video episodes that might be too distracting, but they're a lot of fun for me? If you only listen to the audio show, that's cool. But I do make sure that if possible, there's video of me and the guests talking and I make graphics for fun so that I can call myself an artist. Because <laughs> I've been pretty slack on other forms of art because I have too much to chew on elsewhere. I want to get back into doing more graphic art, but I also want to get back into, not back into, yeah, back into speaking of art. Yeah, let me guys tell you something that's coming. Uh, it's not... I don't have any of it recorded yet, but it's going to be live stuff, and I'd love your input on it, but I'm going to be doing a series with just artists of different kinds. Uh, Visual artists and musicians, I guess, would be the primary thing, but the show, if you're a longtime listener, you know I've talked to a lot of really amazing artists in the alternative and festival scenes in the past, but as Things have progressed for me and my knowledge journey and what I'm, you know, my goal here is to make conversations I would want to hear. And so that means I can't tread the same ground in a lot of ways, especially in a two hour show where I want to get deep into some stuff that I'm fascinated in currently. It's kind of tilted the show away from talking to artists, artists, and we're talking to more info artists, (laughs) which is great. I mean, a lot of authors, that's always an awesome podcast is to talk to an author because I obviously have a lot of words in their repertoire but so do visual artists and so do musicians even the ones that don't have lyrics or they don't sing and so I'm going to be starting a shorter live stream series I say shorter as in the videos will probably be shorter they're not going to be two hour features but they might be kind of open-ended where I'm just going to show music and show art from whoever the creator of that episode is and uh, we're going to talk about what inspired the things we're looking at and then maybe talk about some other random stuff but I want to get another casual type of feel in in the work so that I can really focus on the hardcore stuff on the main show I think it'd be a good way to also bridge I think uh, communities right and also if I may say so humbly I think that I've always had an intention to be able to seed positive ideas back to the guests, not just to the the audience, right, but to the guests as well. Because if you're making creative stuff out there in the world and you've got the seeds of some good gnosis planted in you and then you put those seeds in your creations, you know, this this chain of transmission bypassing the left brain defenses of the uh, masses and the look at that art and they're like, there's something about that. Like this cosmic egg by Hakan Hissim behind me. Every time people look at that, they're just like, whoa. And I feel that they seem to have a familiarity with the image. And that's why I think, you know, cosmology wise, my cosmology has a lot of cosmic egg in it. (laughs) I'll just say, I'm not like adamant that other people need to look at the universe that way. But in some fashion there's a lot to that and that's another topic but 
Where was I? There are things that I meant to say. Did you know that there's a second hour of the show that you can get on Patreon for five bucks a month? And also, if you hate Patreon, you should, but you want to hear this, you should still sign up for Patreon because you're only hurting Patreon a little bit uh, by not signing up or by canceling. And you're taking most of it away from, from me or anyone else you might support through Patreon. But good news, I'm going to get the, one of the one of the bites I'm still chewing on. I'm going to get the plus content migrated somewhere else that is less like a scary threat of censorship. I actually had my first video pulled off of YouTube, uh, completely pulled off of YouTube just recently. It was one with Matt Landman from New Year's, and I guess we showed copyrighted footage of Dr. Fauci. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know how you do that, copyright <laughs> stuff that is, I don't know. They, it's amazing what they do. Like, the fact that you would pull a video because it had a clip that was part of a Jimmy Kimmel show when that video has just a few hundred views anyway and it's not even monetized and there's literally no profit being like in context. It's just we're talking about you could even claim like it's a parody thing because we're commenting on it. It's not like we obscured where it came from. Why am I complaining about YouTube? They are obviously <laughs> shitheads. <laughs> And uh, so is Patreon, I guess. I heard James Corbett just got kicked off there. So I would like to migrate off there, but I still also would like your support through there. It's a paradox. Look at me, walking contradiction. Anyway, in the meantime, if you could sign up, you're going to get the second hour of the show. It's going to be awesome. You could also get it by supporting Lindsay. She's got uh, Rockfin, which is something I'm looking into. And... Uh, locals, right? She talked about that. And those are both pretty cool looking sites that if you subscribe to her there, you'll get the second hour of the show too, because I like to give the plus content back to other creators who have a paywall. I feel like it's good uh, that more people hear the second hour in some way or another. And as long as one of us is getting a little reciprocation, I'm cool with it. Very cool with it. And hopefully they're cool. With, people are cool with me always mirroring my appearances on their shows back to my channel because I like to just get more content to you guys. I feel like that those conversations might be fun uh, if you're a fan of Interverse because sometimes I don't talk as much. Other times maybe I do talk too much. Like right now I've been going 10 minutes. So I'm supposed to hurry and uh, make myself something to eat. <laughs> anyway, patreon.com forward slash Interverse. You'll hear us continue this conversation about entities and personal experiences and it was fun very good back and forth honestly my life's a whirlwind right now and i don't even remember most of the details of the plus extension i just know that it was a good vibe and i think you'll like it so <laughs> i mean if you like the first hour how could you not like the second hour get in there people five bucks is really cheap these days i mean it's like a delivery fee for a pizza that you shouldn't have ate anyway look at me i said you shouldn't eat pizza hut or at least don't feed it to children. Ah. I just saw people eating pizza in the park, and now I'm like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm offended by it. You know, I'm, I'm only human. I'm mortal. I can be sometimes grossed out by <laughs> what passes as food, only because I care about people. Anyway, one thing I want to also talk about before we wrap up here is a thing that Lindsay does that I want to emulate. There's a lot new coming out here. I talked about the uh, art series I want to start. I'm going to start. But also another thing I want to start, and I'm going to start, and maybe I'll start it with one of you listening, is offering guidance in a similar way to what Lindsay does 
Uh, that was actually in the plus extension. Now that I mention it, uh, I asked her like, how do you know that you're helping people? What is it like to give kind of ambiguous spiritually oriented guidance to people and then then pay you for it? Is that like, you know, is it, <laughs> I got to get rid of my personal doubts because I want to start doing this. This is me trying to get there and explain that to you. I want to start doing that similar thing. I asked her about it and I really think I could maybe help the right person. And, you know, I'll just make sure that it, going into it, we have gotten acquainted before any type of like agreement on what's going to be paid for how long of what. But uh, in my personal life, I've given lots of talks with friends that they seem to help them. I don't know. Uh, I want to help. I do energy work as well. And I know that works long range and I've experimented with that. Could incorporate some sound healing stuff. Could maybe come up with practices you could try and give you like, uh, you know, homework if we work together in that way. <laughs> the best part about it will be I'll have to keep myself in even that much more energetic shape if you will, my hygiene will have to be just that much better opening up to you guys to come to me for some kind of, I don't like guidance or counseling, but just like collaboration on your, your artwork of your life. I'll collab with you on, <laughs> I'll consult on your art of your life. Right. Okay. That sounds like, that's a good way to put it. Just trying to figure out how to brand this. <laughs> I want to help and it's fun for me to help. And if I'm in, I feel like it's a point where I need to start giving more of myself in that way. And uh, in my personal life, there's not a lot of it. Things are kind of locked down. And it's not just an excuse. It's like I've locked myself down to do this hustle, but I can definitely work in people from, you know, remote meetings from my home. I'd really like to do it. I think it'll help me and it'll help whoever wants to work with me. It'll help me because, like I said, I'll have to stay sharp. I'll have to practice what I preach. I'll have to, I'll have to be able to bring my a game to actually be present with someone and not be in la la land, which you guys don't know how much time I spend there. <laughs> so much time. seems like I'm always moving, but also sometimes kind of zoned out. Anyway, my email is chance at interversepodcast.com. So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'd like to do whatever this is that you're trying to describe. Hit me up. We'll talk about it. We'll see what we might do. I Ching would be an awesome thing to break into. I do that Oracle style. Uh, I can also work with Tara if that's someone's preference. We can blend up multiple modalities. Um, wouldn't say that I would be like the best to ask about astrology charts as like the whole chart. But aspects of the chart I could dig into. I mean, you could come with that information preloaded if you've already got that. And I could work with that big time. Anyway, there's a lot of potential here. Help me experiment with uh, with this process. And, of course, the people who come to me first, it will not be the same price as when I'm no longer kind of beta testing, if you will. More like, let's call it alpha testing because we're all going to be alphas after we work together. Alpha men and women. And uh, that just means our highest potential self is what I mean by that. Not like you're going to be all, I mean, you can be macho and even confident, but you're not going to be like trying to lord over other people, be the boss, alpha wolf. You're just going to be a boss at your own life. You can be your own boss. I want to be my own boss. I am, 
but you know, on a money, money level, <laughs> more support from you guys gives me a lot more autonomy, uh, more sovereignty and uh, money's silly, but we still need it. I'm still using it. You're still using it. If you're still using it and I'm still using it, let's infuse it into each other. As in you, you sink money into this show. I'm just going to put it back into the effort that I'm putting out into this show big time. Anyway, I'm going to play us out with a track from a great artist from Norway, Kalandra. Oh my God, am I saying that right? How dare I? Let me pull this up. Kalandra, Kalandra, K-A-L-A-N-D-R-A. Really awesome singer. I've played her before one time. A listener recommended her to me. I like it a lot. This song, The Waiting Game, has a pretty cool music video. It's a little less electronic than a lot of music I play, but trying to branch out. I like lots of different stuff, but get in the Discord for Interverse and suggest music to me and to the whole group. I would love that. I need more music in my life. I'm too busy to search for it sometimes, and getting new sounds is a good way to expand your mind map, your mental territory, right? <laughs> Look, Think about your life. All the times in your life where you're stuck, were you even listening to music, or you felt stuck. You're never really stuck. Surprise. But were you listening to new music or old music? Were you going back to something nostalgic? Were you not even tuning into any music and just listening to like Republican talk radio? <laughs> that was my dad for years. That was like, I mean, he still listens to a lot of that. But I swear, my dad went a couple years of his life where I never, when I was a kid, where I like never heard him play music. And uh, anyway, he's he seemed more stressed back then. And he listens to a lot of music now. And he's a, a very fun dude. He's always fun. Dad, if you're listening, I hope you took that the right way. We're all getting better all the time. Anyway, um, yeah, suggest new music to me. Jump in the Discord. Talk to everybody. That'd be cool. There's lots of ways to support the show. On the subject of that ranking that I brought up, and did I even get to the part where I mentioned um, <laughs> Lindsay was ranked like way up there? I think I did. I'm really, really stoked for her on that. But let's get Interverse up there, too. Just leave a review on iTunes, on the podcast app, or through probably maybe the web browser you could. Pretty sure you can there. It'd be awesome. The more reviews, the more likely we'll get to the point where they're giving us free advertising on the front page for philosophy, the love of wisdom. Okay. I am super hungry. It's 9 o'clock. I've got a lot of furniture to move. But I love you. That's why I'm here putting that stuff second. But I got to start chewing, like I said. Love you guys. Check out Kalandra on Bandcamp or SoundCloud. And yeah, take it easy or something like that. Be good. I don't know. It's always hard to end. As hard as it is to begin. The flow is all I really want to know. But now I got to go. So see ya. Yo. <laughs> that was horrible. Something, waiting for something, burning.
Feed it. 